Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. You know what Malachi is all about? It's the last book in the Old Testament. It is the side of the bridge that crosses over 400 years of history when there's basically silence between the end of the Old Testament and the book of Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament. Well, there is a link between the two, and as we continue our study through Malachi, you'll come to understand that link. That link is what chapter 4, verse 5 says, where it talks about Elijah coming back before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and then what it says in Matthew chapter 11 about John the Baptist, who could have fulfilled the prophecy of Malachi, about Elijah. Well, that's for another study. Today, we're going to focus on two temples. Two temples, yet in the future. That's our study from the book of Malachi, which is basically a Middle East news update. Thank you for joining us. We'll listen to the study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can get your own copy of Malachi, a Middle East news update. Now let's study about the two temples yet to come. Go with me to the book of uh, Zechariah just a moment. One book back, go back to Zechariah chapter 1. Let me show you something. In Zechariah's day, remember I told you, he is prophesying to the present and to the future. He's telling these returning Jews from the Babylonian captivity, build the temple. He has a unique way of of passing along his message because he has a unique background. He is not only a prophet, but he's a priest, qualified to be a priest while in the Babylonian captivity, never having served in a temple, but yet he knows what the responsibilities are. So he's encouraging the people to build the temple. At the same time, he brings out information about Jerusalem. The word Jerusalem is used 57 times in the book of Zechariah. It's a very important focus of Zechariah the prophet. He says in chapter 12, verse 2, Jerusalem is going to become a cup of trembling. What he means by that is Jerusalem, the city, will be intoxicating to those who control this city. Oh, by the way, you know that gold dome building in Jerusalem, the Dome of the Rock? It's on the spot where the first temple stood for 400 years. It's on the spot where the second temple stood for 600 years. That's a total of a thousand years. You know how long that Dome of the Rock's been there? 1,313 years. It was built in 691 A.D. by Omar. You see how they're intoxicated with the power? They're controlling. I met just the other day with Sheikh Sabri, who is the Mufti of Jerusalem. I asked him, has there ever been a Jewish presence on the Temple Mount? He said, never. Never. Hello? What do you do with Solomon's first temple? Zerubbabel's second temple. Jesus Christ preaching in the second. You see, you you said that there's no first temple and no second temple. You negate the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then there's only one thing left. Koran. Be very careful. But here it is. This is the atmosphere. This is the situation in the time of Zechariah. And they are already growing very arrogant. If you've got Zechariah chapter 1, look at verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord, by the way, when you see that phrase, the angel of the Lord, you're talking about a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Not a angel of the Lord, but when you see the angel of the Lord, El Shaddai. 
That's Jesus Christ in a pre-incarnate appearance. He appears throughout the entire Old Testament. I wish I could teach you that sometime. The appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. But here he is. He appears before Zechariah. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem? The Lord answered. And through the angel he said this, verse 14. The angel that communed with me, Zechariah writing now, said unto me, crying thy saying that uh, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. Jerusalem and Zion are synonymous terms. I am jealous for Jerusalem. I like what the Hebrew says there better. I am aggressively possessive. Don't you like that better? Instead of I'm jealous. Now I've been married to one lady for 45 years and she's just as good. I think she's probably better looking today than when I first met her. You're going to find out that I am aggressively possessive of that blonde in the back. Not just jealous, aggressively possessive. That's what God's saying. I'm aggressively possessive of the city of Jerusalem. Notice what else he says in verse 15. I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease. That phrase, at ease, probably better translated from the Hebrew arrogantly secure. You're at ease up there on the Temple Mount. I'm displeased with your arrogant security of controlling my holy site. It's the most holy site in all of creation. It's the location, Psalm 132, that Jesus, our God, has said we have chosen to be our dwelling place among the people, the Jewish people, forever. Notice he says he's displeased. Look at the rest of that verse. I love this. It gives me justification when I'm driving down the road and some weirdo pulls out in front of me at about 22 miles an hour. Notice what it says. I am very displeased with the heathen that are at ease, for I I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward my affliction. (laughs) You know what that means in the vernacular? That ticked me off. I was just about to blow, but then I got really upset. That's me on the highway. Anyway, forgive me, I'm sorry for giving a personal testimony. But that's exactly how he is. He's very displeased. So what does he say he's going to do? Notice what he says he's going to do, verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, saith the Lord of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. I am going to return to Jerusalem. I am going to build my temple in Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 6 verse 12 says Jesus will come back. He will build his temple. And then he will rule and reign as potentate and as priest, high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He will do that. He's going to come to build his temple. Go to Ezekiel just for a moment. Ezekiel 40 to 46. That is 202 verses in those six chapters. By the way, you say, well, that's not much space in the Bible. You know how much space is in the Bible to cover the birth of Jesus Christ? Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2, 168 verses. And here is 202 verses. Allocation of space gives significance to the temple. You see, Ezekiel 40 to 46 is detailing Messiah's temple, which is going to stand here 
in Jerusalem during the thousand-year millennial kingdom. A temple that Jesus himself is going to build. Now, I've read those 202 verses, and I've studied them quite a bit. I'm a student of Bible prophecy, and in particular, a student of the temple. In fact, God has privileged me with the opportunity to be able to teach a Bible study, listen, among Orthodox Jewish rabbis on the coming temple. And in fact, the exact personalities that are involved in preparing to build the temple. I'll tell you why in just a moment. Because when I read these, and I'm not going to take you to all those verses, but when I read it, I came to the conclusion there's some things missing in Messiah's temple that were in the first temple, the second temple, and even in the tabernacle. You know what's missing? A wall of petition around the temple. That wall of petition about this high to keep the Gentiles from entering into the Jewish locations. Why is that wall of petition missing? Well, the book of Ephesians chapter 2. There was enmity between Jew and Gentile, and a wall of petition was there. And with the death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus Christ took the wall out and made two people one. By the way, that destroys completed Jews. I never heard of a completed Jew anyway. What's an incomplete Jew, a nine-pound ear? I don't know what an incomplete Jew is. Uh, But it's not scriptural, I can tell you that for sure. He took the wall of petition out. There's no wall of petition in the coming temple. You know what else is missing? You step in and over to the right, the table of showbread is supposed to be there. But in Messiah's temple, there's no table of showbread. Because in John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You see, every piece of furniture in the temple was a type or a prophecy of the anti-type Jesus or the fulfillment of prophecy yet to come. Oh, you look over, there's no menorah, the seven-branch candelabra. No menorah, why? In John 8, 9, and 11, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You don't need a menorah in the temple. There's no veil of the temple, why? Because the day he was crucified, the veil rent from top to bottom. You know what else is not? No Ark of the Covenant. No Ark of the Covenant in this Messiah's temple. You see, the Ark of the Covenant was a model of him to come. And maybe when you got the real thing, you no longer need the model. He's going to be seated instead of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. Indeed, two temples that will be standing in the future in Jerusalem. Not at the same time, one in the tribulation, one in the millennial kingdom. Well, that is very important for us to understand in light of events unfolding in our world. You know, Malachi, the book we have been studying from, is actually a Middle East news update. You need to have your own copy of the study on Malachi. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that is available. You can call our toll-free number. That's 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America. Let me give that number again, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website and make your order of this series, Malachi, a Middle East News Update. Our website address, prophecytoday.com. Go there, go to the shopping mall. That's prophecytoday.com. And be sure to make your order of Malachi, a Middle East News Update, and be updated about what's happening in the Middle East as it relates to the return of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so grateful that you could join us today. Everything we study on this opportunity we have to get together with you indicates that the rapture of the church is close at hand when Jesus will shout and call us up to join him in the heavenlies. I look forward to that day, and I even pray that it will be today. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say 
except let's keep looking up until...